This podcast is presented in partnership with Rewatchable Media, home to several great podcasts and YouTube channels covering TV shows, movies, and culture. Find out more on rewatchable.media. So I have a story. Okay, I'll start your story. So, so this, this, uh, this past weekend, apparently, because we were notified on Thursday that uh, my oldest one was exposed to COVID. Oh, no. That would normally be really frightening, except mm-hmm. also on Thursday, after we'd gotten notification, she had already had a test for COVID where she came out negative because of another COVID scare. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the one COVID scare wiped away any concern for the other one. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's, it's negative COVIDness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two in a row turns out to be the equivalent of one. Yeah. Well, your oldest, like, like mine is vaccinated. Right. You and your wife are vaccinated. Yes. Uh, and your youngest looks like they're going to be able to be get vaccinated here by Halloween is the, what they're talking about. So that's, uh, that is awesome. That's very exciting. We are very excited. Yeah. Cannot wait for guys that. out there get vaccinated and you don't have to do it for yourself. Do it for everybody that you're around. If that's yeah. what it's about. Don't worry about yourself. You'll mm-hmm. be fine. Um, and do it. And if you're, if you got, if gosh, if you're immunocompromised, do it for yourself. Oh, well, definitely get the booster. Right, so, yeah. Get the booster. Do, do all of everything. Pump yourself full of drugs is what we say here on, on dad pods. We are pro drug. Yes. Yes. Um, I have got, it's, it's, there's, it's, it's fall. So it's, you know, um, finally getting some days under, under 70 degrees here. Uh, so I'm going bourbon meat. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm just going water plain. Okay. Yeah. But you don't have ice cubes in it. I don't. So, so proof that it's uh sort of, it's fall. It's fall. But Portland, Port, yeah. Portland fall comes a little earlier than down here. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a bit further north. Mm-hmm. This is not a weather podcast. Mm-mm. Or a COVID podcast. Even though we all <laughs> deal with it all the time. Uh, <laughs> this is a, an MCU podcast. An MCU podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know that it's an MCU podcast. And this little joke that we do every time where we talk about either Premier League soccer or baseball, which we could be talking about because Mike's favorite team is actually come on the comeback trail right now. Yeah, but uh, we're going to talk about MCU for the next hour or so, um, and let's get right back into it. Let's start with news and notes. News and notes. Uh, this is branded. This is brought to you by. What is this brought to us by? What's this say? It's brought to us by Rewatchable.media. Rewatchable.media. Yeah, uh, news and Marvel MCU news and notes. So um, Variety did a bunch of reporting this week. Um, Variety, the entertainment magazine. Um, so, uh, coming out soon is the, is the Hawkeye show. We know this, this is not news and notes. Uh, it has been reported that the character Echo makes her debut in, uh, this particular show. Now Echo, uh, comes from the comics. Uh, she is the first character to don the Ronin garb, which basically, uh, in, 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 Mar- in uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Hawkeye is like this, is Ronin, basically. It's a, it's a warrior without a cause, basically. And Echo in the comics is the first to actually put on that particular costume. Uh, Hawkeye makes it famous, but uh, Echo was the first one. Echo is a like super fighter that happens to be deaf. Hmm. 
Now, Echo has a has a very important and complicated history with Daredevil, and you can see why. Not really, but because Daredevil is blind, they decided, oh, what if we give him a girlfriend that's deaf? This is and, su- such an ableist yeah, form of writing. A, it's a terror. It's 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 a it's a it's an awful way to do storytelling. But it's, it's comics. This is what they did back in the eighties. Um, and so Echo Echo is a super fighter. All of her senses, aside from the of her hearing, is are really good. And she's like a super ninja. She can copy lots of things. She's got she doesn't really have powers. She's just like you know Olympic level athlete stuff. Okay. So it was reported that Echo is getting her own Disney Plus show. Interesting. And in so doing, they were going to sort of take her out of the uh, Hawkeye world and, and give her that sort of the Daredevil storyline, which is kind of her main storyline in the comics. Uh, and in so doing, they would reintroduce the characters from the, the Netflix show Daredevil. Uh, including including Charlie Cox, who played uh, the titular character, uh, and that would be uh, Disney Plus. So it wouldn't necessarily what I what I what I read. There was lots of stuff that were sort of spe- lots of speculation about this uh, that it would eventually lead to a Daredevil season four. All this stuff uh, we don't know all of the details on it. Nothing has been officially announced, uh, and we don't know if it would be even the same sort of Daredevil character, like in the same universe. Right. But exciting news nonetheless. Mm-hmm. The Daredevil Netflix show was really good. You, you saw that, right? I did not see it. Okay. So this is the, 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 the one blind spot we have. So I saw it. I think the first season is excellent. And the third season is really good too. The second season is a little tired. But hmm. um, uh, some of the best fight scenes that, that, that Marvel has produced. Right. Like there's, there's a scene where... like. He has this scene in the first season where he fights through this hallway, like just, just brutal fighting. Yeah, uh, probably yeah. it's probably a little bit more graphic than uh, the MCU is ready for. Um, certainly at the at the uh, the movie you know mass release level. But you know what are they going to do here with Disney Plus? That would they? Do you think that they would? You know maybe have a uh, a separation within Disney Plus to make like a Disney After Dark kind of thing. So I'm going to say no, because they mm-hmm. already have some things that would be a little darker. So, for example, all the Fox X-Men movies, mm-hmm. the, the second Fox X-Men movie is pretty brutal. Like they, I remember seeing it in theaters wondering, like, huh, how are they going to keep this down where Wolverine doesn't have to kill anyone? And lo and behold, he just kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Now, is Logan on Disney Plus? Oh, I haven't looked for that. that okay. If that's on there, that would be interesting. Yeah, because that's, that's legit R-rated. Yes. Um, you know, because while the second X-Men does have, you know, Wolverine killing folks, it's like, you know, you see him jumping with his claws out and then you see the guys fall. You don't see like the in-between parts right? where, right. you know, the claws are going through somebody's head or something. That's what you see in, in Logan. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder how they're going to, I wonder if Logan is on Disney Plus. That's hmm. something we probably could look up uh, pretty easy. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it is. Um, <clears throat> But I wonder if you could have a legit R-rated version of MCU. I, hmm, I, I suppose. It doesn't seem like that's the area that they go to, though. Like they, 
this is one of those things where like, well, they got a pretty good thing going. I could, mm-hmm. I could understand wanting to do it, but on the other hand, yeah. they've been doing really well in the, the PG-13 lane. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't know that, you know, it's just characters like Deadpool, characters like Daredevil, characters like The Punisher, characters mm-hmm. like Wolverine um, within the comics are a little bit darker. And sure. the, the violence that they sort of portray in those comics are, are kind of necessary for those particular characters. I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction that they, uh, they're not going to resurrect the Punisher. Okay. I think times have changed. I think Kevin Feige is a, he's been fairly progressive with his uh, moves and the way he talks about things. I think the Punisher, I think they're mad at the Punisher now. They're not going to do it. Okay. White, white guy killing a bunch of people probably with, a, with, a, with guns, probably not the way that they want to. Not the look they want to have in this day and for, age. For the MCU. I, you know what? I agree with you. I think there's a long history of the Punisher being a very popular uh, Marvel character. Um, and he had, his show is not terrible um, on, on Netflix as well. But um, yeah, I think, I th- I, and I will go out on a limb and say, they're not going to resurrect uh, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they've basically said, you know what, for this particular type of character, we're going to go with Shang-Chi. Yep. And that's going to be our, you know, Kung Fu guy. Also, uh, it helped that Iron Fist sucked. Yeah, that was a terrible show. And Shang-Chi is an excellent movie, which will be in our it's spoiler alert. It's in our top 10 because that's what we're doing mm-hmm. in these podcasts is we're kind of, you know, ranking uh, the MCU. But before we even get to that. Right. So um, do we want, so I haven't seen the Venom movie, have you? No, I have not. Uh, and I haven't seen the sequel, which just came out. But apparently during the post credits, and this is a spoiler. So if anybody wants to fast forward three minutes, go ahead, fast forward three minutes. Um, fast uh, post credit scene in Venom, you get the, the basically the end scene, the re- like the, the news report that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Uh, that came from uh, the end of this movie that we're going to be reviewing today. Um, the, uh, so the implication is, is that Venom, the, the Tom Hardy Venom movies are part of the broader MCU. Right. Now, do you think this is Sony? Because they obviously have the ability to do this. They own the other movie. They own mm-hmm. this movie. Right. Uh, is this Sony's backdoor entry into the mcu yeah i don't think it's nefarious i doubt they would have done it without permission right um and i i i I do think that sony so what's the end game for sony right do they want to sell out and just and just make their products so expensive that disney has to pay more or do they want to continue with this particular partnership where it's sort of like all of the Spider-Man universe and outside is sort of partially owned by Disney, but partially owned by Sony too. I, I think they're going to keep it up. So, you know, there was a big news a couple of years back. I'm like, oh, you know, uh, Sony's backing out of their agreement. This won't happen. I, again, if we had been reporting at this time, we would have said, no, this is just a negotiation. And sure enough, it yeah. was yeah. a public negotiation mm-hmm. and Disney and Sony came to a new agreement and it, they changed whatever formula they used to allocate the money and so be it. I think 
Sony, if they had their way, they're going to have their Spider-Verse. As we can mm-hmm. see, they have these other movies, Spider-Man without Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I think if they had their druthers, it would be fully integrated into the MCU because those MCU movies make so much money. Sure. They have no incentive to not have their movies make money. Like they, the more popular those movies are, they only make money from that. Right. And Disney has right. something too, because they make money from the toys. Like they never sold the rights of the toys to Sony. Right. So all the Venom toys out there are already... Uh, are going to Disney. Right. So the, actually the, the incentives are a bit more aligned than people make it out to be because they're not mm-hmm. thinking of those rights. Right. And that's, I mean, that's actually like, that's a good point because, you know, going back to like the Star, Star Wars trilogies, uh, the first two trilogies, they made more money on toys than they did in box office. Right. Um, toys are a little different now um, in terms of, you know, where they're making their money. I think uh, the Lego licensing is huge. Uh-huh. Um, and then the video game licensing is huge. Right. So those would be the two sort of uh, areas that I would look at. Um, my bold prediction on all of this is that whenever Disney decides they want all of it, they'll get it. Yeah, they'll figure out a way. Because there's a price for everything, right? Sure. Um, so it's just whenever Disney decides, you know what, we, go at, we need to go ahead and pull in all of the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. not just Peter Parker, uh, we'll do that. Right. And we'll have the resources to do it because at that point, the sort of the, the price points for everybody will sort of align. Yeah. That's, my, yeah. that's my bold prediction, which is not even really that much of a prediction. Right. I, I think what has to happen is Sony is doing so poorly in their non-spider properties that they basically want to get out of the movie business. Exactly, yeah. And, and they very well might. I, don't, I can't tell you another Sony movie. Yeah, I, I don't really know. And I, I think that's how all of these things come into play, though. Like, sadly, uh, the only movie studio out there that's really turning a profit is mostly Disney. Yeah. And uh, we kind of need that. And I, I know that there's, a, there's this movement out there, and you, we've talked about like some of the directors that are like, oh, I hate the MCU. I hate all this stuff. But it's sort of keeping the movie business alive in theaters, right? right? Um, you know, after the success of Shang-Chi, the Disney basically said all of our movies the rest of this year are going to be released in theaters first, not directly mm-hmm. to Disney Plus. And that's important if we care about movies and we care yep. about going to the movies. So, yep. So, yeah. Uh, other Disney Plus news. Agatha Vision. That was big news. That was big news. So, uh, Catherine Hahn. Agatha Harkness from uh, WandaVision is getting her own Disney Plus show. We kind of hinted at this when we talked about um, uh, WandaVision uh, months and months and months ago now, but she is officially getting her own Disney Plus show. Yeah, I didn't know they were going to go in that direction. I assumed the character would come back, but a complete spinoff show featuring just her is pretty amazing. It's awesome. And you know what? I would watch her read the phone book. I think that's great. Uh, this will be wonderful. It's going to be uh, the same uh, creator of the WandaVision show that's going to be. So the, the creator, I cannot remember her name at the moment. I apologize. Uh, but she is, um, uh, she's got a contract with Disney. So it's like a contract to develop several different projects. And this is one of the ones that she's chosen. Yeah, this will be really interesting. Whereas... Jack, Sh- Jack Schaefer. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, Agatha Harkness, not introduced in the movies, only introduced... Mm-hmm 
in the TV show. All these other Disney Plus MCU shows have been movie first. Right. So now we're going to go TV first. And I do wonder how the storytelling will, will come out differently then. Yeah. Uh, but this one clearly, because it's got that link to the movies in, a, in an important way, it, it had Wanda, right? right. Um, I don't think that they'll sort of pull it out of the, the canon the way that they sort of did those Netflix shows. Yeah. Um, so what if ended? Yes, it did. Have you seen it? I have. Oh yeah, I I said I, I stayed up very late to watch it because uh, yeah. I, I was too into it. Uh-huh. And uh, just as a just from a bookkeeping standpoint, we are going to talk about what if probably in a couple of weeks. So we've got the way we've kind of organized it internally. We've got we've got about um, twelve more show uh, movies to sort of to review and rank in this in this setting, and we've got two more movies after this one that are in this sort of. We call it like a near classic category. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we get full into the sort of classic MCU character, uh, uh, movies. So what we wanted to do was get through this particular section. Then we're going to have a whole episode where we talk about what if. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a couple that I might want to rewatch. There were, I think there were a couple that were really good. There were a couple that were really not so good. And uh, the, the whole thing was very strange and weird, which I kind of like. And it was creative. Yeah. I really enjoyed the the different vibe that you get. They took advantage of the fact that it was animation and they were willing to not go with the semi-realism that you always get from the other MCU properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was able to go cartoony and you're able to get a lot more just wild. Just some, something as simple as like the Doctor Strange Kraken-y kind of thing, monster, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat. You wouldn't see that in like a regular MCU movie, so... And even the tone, like once, uh, when Thor is partying, you don't see, Thor is certainly more comedic in some of the movies, but not, not like this, not no, absolutely no. goofy. This was National Lampoon's Thor. Yeah. Right. Pretty, pretty entertaining. Uh-huh. Uh, so that ended, and then there was an interview with the director and, and a showrunner with, in Variety, where we found out that... Uh, there was a T'Challa spinoff based off of his episode from what if was in the mm-hmm. works. Uh, of course, uh, the, the actor Chadwick Boseman has passed away, so we will never see that spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, in, in what if uh, Chadwick, uh, uh, he is Star-Lord, basically. Yeah, what if T'Challa yeah. were Star-Lord? Yeah, so, and that was, that was, that might have been my favorite ep- standalone episode from what if. It's an amazingly wholesome episode. Yes. Um, all right, so uh, Chadwick Boseman, R.I.P. Um, let's uh, let's get in. So the movie we are reviewing tonight is uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah, the second Spider-Man movie. Yeah, the second Spider-Man movie, the sequel to Homecoming. Um, so let's just get right into it, and we can talk about um, lots of the sort of um, interesting parts about this movie as we kind of go through. So uh, the movie begins in a dusty town in mexico uh it is interesting it it has it has the uh the filter on the on the camera of a dust like every mexican movie like set in mexico it's always kind of it's very smoggy and uh but but that very almost sepia kind of light that you get through the, the the camera um we get uh 
old Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill. They're investigating um, a tornado that's destroyed a town. Apparently this tornado had a face, which is uh, not like other tornadoes. No, not none that I've seen. Yeah. So they arrived to this town and they, uh, a, 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 a costume Jake Gillenthal uh, lands in front of them before a big giant uh, creature, sand creature behind them with a face uh, rises up behind them and he starts fighting it. So that's yeah. how we begin. And so we see Jake Gyllenhaal, you see a costume where if you know the comics, you'd recognize him as Mysterio, the big fishbowl mm -hmm. head. Yes. And uh, these the creature you see, I think there is a a Spider-Man villain that looked like that version of the, the Sandstorm mm -hmm. monster. Yeah, so, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but so so Sandman from the, the comics is very much like this. It's a big, he has the ability to manipulate sand. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's also a character in Spider-Man, and this relates later, that manipulates water. Hmm. And his name is Hydro-Man. Very clever. These are some of the, so Spider-Man in the, in the Marvel Comics universe, and this is super exciting for us to be doing this, by the way. This is our first Spider-Man. This is our first talking about Spider-Man. Spider-Man is unquestionably the greatest hero in the, in the Marvel comic world. Um, probably not as much in the MCU, just because he hasn't been around as long as Iron Man or Captain America, but certainly within the comic world, it's Spider-Man. Right. Is Marvel Comics. It's the, the like synonymous. Yeah, there's a reason he's the logo for a long time. Yeah. So he has the best rogues gallery in Marvel. Um Sandman and Hydro Man don't make that list. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? Yeah. Mysterio might. You know, Mysterio is going to be top 12. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, we could, we'll, we'll probably have, we're going to, if this podcast lasts for as long as, you know, we hope it does, maybe we'll do a ranking of Spider-Man villains. Yeah. You but know, yeah, when you, when you're naming them Sandman and Hydro Man, you realize uh, we're, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're running out of ideas is what we're, we're, I mean, we've got Electro, we've got Spider-Man, we've got, you know, the Shocker. We, yeah. we have so spider-man has the shocker and electro hmm did they ever get into a fight to say who is the best electric based villain i'm sure they did hmm. it probably happened in 1974 yep and it, it you know there were lots of comics there was this is like basically there's been a spider-man weekly comic for 50 years well and the the other thing about spider-man is got so popular multiple titles Yes. If you got your so amazing Spider-Man, the just name Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the one that I think is the most famous is the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, so this is, this is how we start this movie. So clearly, you know, Fury and Hill are around and they're investigating this, this particular phenomenon. Uh, Mysterio, we, we think it's Mysterio. He was cast. We, we knew that Mysterio was going to be in this movie because we had news beforehand mm -hmm. that, and that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be in this character. Is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal? Um, 
I'm gonna call him Gillen Thal. Thal. Okay. Gillen We're Thal. just gonna call. How, how about we do this? We're gonna call him Jake. Thal. Yeah, Jake. Jake G. Jake. Jake G. Um. So, uh, do we like? I mean, so setting aside Mysterio's history, do we like this costume? This version of this costume. So when I first saw it, I did think it was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say, we'll get into the the twists later on. I was I fully bought into it uh, mm-hmm. right at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, they're going interdimensional. That's what Mysterio is going to be here. Yeah. Well, and they also set him up to be sort of heroic in the beginning. Yep. Um, and one thing that they've been able to, that they've done with, and we talked about this with Captain Marvel uh, and a couple of other um, of the MCU projects so far, you take something that is classically a villain in MCU and you make it not so much. Uh-huh. So there was this question of that's if, is that what they're doing with with Mysterio here? Are they making him sympathetic? Um, there was a recent comic run, for example, it was actually not Spider-Man branded. It was um, it was a Mary Jane comic, uh, and where they had Quentin Beck Mysterio kind of be heroic and kind of uh, be kind of quote unquote a good guy. So you do have this sort of question: is like okay, are are is Mysterio going to be a bad guy? Is he going to be a good guy? Because like the Skrulls, they were good guys. What happened yeah, there? That's true. You know, they hundred percent so, made the Skrulls good guys. So that's so that's the that's where we're at in the story. So uh, then we jump to a cheesy. I love this scene. This is great. Uh, this cheesy high school uh, in memoriam video that was produced. Uh, so it's that, and that's how the uh, the Marvel comics, uh, you know, the intro starts the MCU intro, uh, and it's uh, instead of the regular dun 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 dun, dun you know, the, the whole uh, song that they do in the beginning, it's uh, Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You." Great song. Yes, it's a great song. Uh, you know, it's one of the few covers that's amazing. It's originally written by uh, the great Dolly Parton. I think Dolly Parton's uh, admitted that the Whitney Houston cover is better than her version. Oh, she has, yes. Uh, what's also amazing about uh, I Will Always Love You is she wrote it in the same day that she wrote maybe Dolly Parton's most famous song, Jolene. Wow. So that's always that's always cool. Uh, it was actually, I think, originally released as the B-side of Jolene. Uh, so, um, you know, you always, come, you always come to us for your country music history. Um. So we get this uh, memoriam video, which is saying goodbye to the Avengers that we lost. It's basically a montage of Tony Stark, uh, Natasha Romanoff, and uh, Steve Rogers. And uh, then, then we kind of cut to uh, Betty Brant, uh, classic Spider-Man character, and some dude. <laughs> also classic. Just, some, some classmate. Yeah. Some random dude. And they're doing like the high school, you know, now, do they do this in high school now where they've got like a like the, the daily announcements that's done over video? I, I feel like that might be true. I mean, I don't have any children in high school, so I don't know. Right. However, I many, know they don't do it in middle school. Yeah, they definitely don't do it in middle school. Uh, I've seen many a TV depiction of this, so I'm going to mm-hmm. believe it's true for certainly certain large high schools. Yeah. So this is important because this is the first uh, MCU project that is done post endgame right so here we get to sort of we they talk a little bit about the five-year period from the thanos snap to everybody coming back 
So in here, they call it the blip. Right. And yeah. we get a depiction of what it's like at the time of the unblipping when people come so, back. Yeah. And in this blip, we, it's very funny. Yes. Right. So it's like, you know, a bunch of high schoolers disappeared during a basketball game. And then they come or like a pep rally. And then they come back during a basketball game. Right. And the, yeah, they're just in the middle of the action. The, the yeah, in the middle there. of the action. It's kind of pandemonium and crazy and funny. They went for the joke. When we talked about WandaVision years, uh, months and months ago, we talked about, uh, you know, the Monica Rambeau uh, episode, which they talked about. The blip is terrifying. Right. You, you come back five years later, you're in a hospital. You don't know where your mother has gone. Awful. Right. Yeah. But this, this movie is so, a comedy. This is, this, not is a this movie is not a, this is, there's very few dramatic moments in this movie. We right. will talk about them. This movie is funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about that montage though. This montage. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, I love the uh, high school made vibe of the whole thing. Yes. Yes. Did you notice is, the images they use? They, they clearly they were all Getty images. Yes. Low and even one of, them, of the yeah, heroes too. Yeah. I love that. The, I think the final image is actually, it actually has the watermark behind it. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it so is, well done. It is every crappy high school project that you've, you've ever been a part of uh, where somebody puts it together, you know, 30 minutes before, you know, presenting the project. Uh, our next scene, uh, we, we finally get some Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Uh, is at a charity event with his aunt, aunt May. Now, May, as you remember from the end of Spider-Man 1, knows who Spider-Man is, knows that Peter is Spider-Man. It's not a secret to her, but he's still a secret to everybody else. Uh, he's at this charity event. We can assume at this time, so we know that Peter has been blipped out, so he's lost five years. It seems like Aunt May has as well. Mm -hmm. So she kind of popped out of existence and popped in. Um, so it's this charity thing, uh, incomes happy, happy from, uh, you know, the first Spider-Man movie was, was part of it, part of the Iron Man universe as well. Uh, clearly has a thing for Aunt May mm -hmm. because let's face it, Aunt May's hot. Yeah. Uh, they don't use the Aunt May from the Tobey Maguire movies. No, it's not. It's not an elderly Aunt May. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's Marissa Tomei, who's in her 50s. Apparently, she's actually the same age as the actress was who played Aunt May in the Tobey Maguire movies. Yeah, this is some, this is some uh, Wilford Brimley line from Cocoon type stuff going on right here. Right. You know, this is Tom Cruise is in his 60s, but looks like he's 38. Yeah, Tom Cruise being the same age as Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. He's uh, older now. Yeah, not looking like it's far older now. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, so Peter's at this, you know, doing it, and it's this, it's this benefit for people that got blipped out, I think. Right. Uh, right. So it's in Queens, whatever. Um, and we see, and we start, we're starting to starting to see this pressure that Peter's under, right? Peter is kind of the last you know, Avenger left that's still actively avenging. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we've got Iron Man's passed away, 
Captain America's gone, Black Widow's gone, Hawkeye looks like he's gone back to his father or parent or his family. Uh, Thor is off world, Captain Marvel's off world. Who else are we talking about? You know, Chachala's back in Wakanda. Like, who else is left? Yeah, there, there's not a lot. And uh, he's, he's ready for a vacation. He's tired. Yes, he is. So thankfully, the, uh, the plot said that he was going to have one. So he is about ready to uh, embark on a trip to Europe, a high school trip to Europe. Hmm. This, is, this is a... People have done this in movies for a while and TV shows where it's like, ooh, the high school trip. We get to go to Spain, you know? And it's like, did you get to go to Europe when you were in high school? So I didn't, although some of my classmates did the year before. And then because they screwed it up so badly, the year I would have gone, I didn't get to go. Yeah. So most high schools, public high schools in the country do not take international trips. Right. A couple will probably do. Uh, not the entire class is invited. It's usually just the, the best students. Um, most of your school trips tend to be like day trips that you can take via a bus. Yes. So like my kid's middle school is going to the Grand Canyon. Ooh. Yeah. So this is a, just this is just an aside. I don't think my my son turned in the uh, application. Oh, on time. Because it's it's one of those we're trying to teach him responsibility. So hey, you have to go to a different. You know, here here's this piece of paper. You have to take this to the office. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. take it to the office, you can't go to the trip. So it's one of those. Hey, we're we're giving you this responsibility, and I don't think you turned it in. Anyway, not a power comes great responsibility, right? So uh, where were we? So uh, uh, so he's uh, so Spider Man is uh, dodging Nick Fury's phone calls because he doesn't want to be an Avenger right now. He wants to go on this vacation. Very understandable. I I would totally do this too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's ghosting Nick Fury. Um, You know, we get this sort of really awkward moment between. Between Happy and May, they're clearly flirting. Uh, Happy has grown a beard. A blip she beard. A, a blip beard. Yeah. Um, which is a long time. I mean, a five-year beard would be a really big beard. He's just got a goatee. Maybe Happy um, can't grow beards very well. I can't. So Happy I'm takes really five years. Yeah. It would take me a good six months to grow a decent-looking beard. And then it would, at that point, it would be really itchy. Huh. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's really funny. You have really two really talented actors uh, creating this little scene between Marissa Tomei and John Favreau. It's just really good. Yeah. So uh, next scene, plane ride. Woo. Woohoo. Um, so Peter has this an elaborate plan. So he likes MJ at this point. Right. Um, he has this elaborate plan to uh, you know, let her know about his feelings. To, and to woo her on this European trip. So it's, it's multifaceted. It involves buying her a glass flower uh, in Venice. Uh, it involves the Eiffel Tower. It's very romantic. Everything that you would think a 16-year-old kid would sort of do to like get a girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it has to start off, though, by mm-hmm. them sharing uh, headphones 
and watching yes. movies together on the plane. Yes. So he has he has a headphone splitter, which is like the nerdiest thing to think about before you go on a flight. My wife bought one. Hmm. That's how nerdy it is, right? So she, she bought it so we could. So if we wanted to watch the same movie on a flight, we can do it. So you're not doing the thing with the headphones where each of you takes one of the earbuds. Exactly, exactly. So you can just do the splitter, so you can both have two things, so you can watch your movie in stereo. Hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so um, his, it doesn't work out for him yeah. this way. Uh, he's sitting next to Ned, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm allergic to perfume, and then um, it's. It's mostly screwed up because Mr. Harrington, the same teacher from the first Spider-Man movie, uh, played amazingly perfectly by Martin Starr. Martin Starr was a child actor. He was in the show Freaks and Geeks. He's been in the uh, uh, the Judd Apatow world. Yeah. He's also been in the show uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, he's awesome in this role. Yeah. He's great. I love him. Um, but he's so not the Peter, person that Peter Parker wants to sit next to. No, but he is the person that Peter Parker sits next to. Yes. Uh, Ned gets to sit next to uh, the aforementioned Betty Brandt. Uh, they bond on this flight and they become boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. Despite after. Ned's insistence that he wanted to stay single. Yes. It, because what's better than being an American in Europe? Because Europeans <laughs> love Americans. <laughs> and he's got the cool hat. He's got like this. <laughs> He also had a hat in uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, too. Yeah. So, so Ned, Ned just cracks me up. The whole Ned time Ned's great. there. Uh, shout out to Jacob Badalon. Yeah. Um, so this is just a really funny scene. The, 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 like, the emphasis on the ox splitter is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ned, and, Ned and Betty are really funny together. They edit it uh, so well where uh-huh. you see them sitting together and you assume they're just not going to get along. And then the next scene you see... Like they are madly in love. Yeah, madly in love and sort of oddly sort of mature about it too. Well, it's the mature that 16 year olds believe is mature. Right, right. Uh, it's wildly hilarious. To, mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think this, the, the, the two actors do such a great job yeah. of, of portraying the, the high school romance that's mm-hmm. been bonded over the course of what, 10 hours? Something like that, a flight. And so even if you don't go to Europe as a high schooler, a lot of people take these sort of high school tends to be that first time where you might take a trip either with a group of friends or a school group or something like that somewhere where you're just away from your parents for a week or two. And there are often those sort of bonds that you sort of create. They can be mini bonds. Maybe it's just like the bond that you create on a field trip where like all of a sudden, you know, the field trip buddy that you've been assigned with is like the cool kid. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're friends with the cool kid for a day. And then it goes away as soon as you get back to the normal life. But for that day or for that trip, you're just in this sort of world and yeah. it's different yeah. than your regular world. And that's kind of the way to look at this, uh, this Ned Betty relationship. They play it so funny and they play it. Uh, I'll say very sweet too. Like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I was rooting for them. Yeah, these two kids. So uh, we get to Venice. So uh, this is our first day in Venice. It's looking up, Peter, he's getting what he wants. Like he goes and he gets his little glass 
Black Dahlia that he's getting for MJ because she likes uh, the Black Dahlia is her favorite flower because of the murder, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Um, and, uh, you know, he's making moves on her. And then all of a sudden, a big giant water monster attacks. This is the aforementioned big giant water monster. Yeah. So uh, Peter doesn't have his spider suit. So he has to fight this big giant water monster uh, with what looks to be a little bit like a... Um, it's like a, a Mardi uh, Gras mask. It's like a Mardi Gras mask that he gets in Venice, yes. Uh, also, he fights this big giant water monster sort of alongside of Mysterio. Yeah. And they don't call him Mysterio yet. He's just some guy in a suit uh, with a fishbowl on the top of his head uh, who has some sort of magic energy powers. Yeah, green Never energy really blast. Quite. Yes. So um, this is a cool action scene. Yeah, it, it's cool. It seems like, oh, this is the action that we're going to get. You see the two of them together. I love mm-hmm. how Spider-Man reveals like, hey, I could do stuff. I'm strong and I'm really sticky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best lines. Yeah. And a lot of it is, is so Peter Parker because most of what Spider-Man is doing is on the periphery. Like, like Mysterio is fighting the monster. Spider-Man is trying to save the people. Like right. he's helping like make sure that everybody's safe. He's making sure that these buildings don't collapse. And he's trying to, you know, make sure that everybody's out of the way. All of his friends, all of the bystanders, that everybody's safe. It's such a it's such a Peter moment. Right. So oh. that's a good scene. And uh, we move along, right? So we've mm-hmm. we see we've now seen sand. And now we've seen water. Yeah. So uh, that night, uh, Nick Fury uh, uh, breaks into uh, Peter's room, uh, tranquilizes Ned, who's <laughs> his roommate. It's kind of funny. Um, and, uh, you know, there's this kind of funny back and forth where, uh, you know, all the, everybody's coming to their door as Nick Fury is trying to talk to Spider-Man. It's like, you know, Betty comes. It's like, hey, babe, are you okay? Talking to talking to Ned, but Ned, of course, is tranquilized. Uh, the, te- the different teachers come by trying to say, hey, are you okay? Do you need to talk about today? Because it was pretty traumatic. Um, <laughs> I love the, the Martin Starr. It's like, and Peter's like, oh, I'm fine. It's like, oh, good, because I'm not qualified to give you any <laughs> sort of therapy. <laughs> Which is so great. Is his his absolute honesty as a as a sort of down on his luck high school teacher is great. He even has like the line from the from the air, airplane. It's like, you know, my wife pretended she blipped, <laughs> <laughs> had a funeral and everything, funeral for it and everything. It just turned out she ran off with her boyfriend. <laughs> the two teachers are really great. Uh, Martin Starr playing uh, Harrington. I don't remember the name of the other teacher, but he's played by JB Smooth. If you yes, know yes, him for, yes, curb he's... your enthusiasm. Yeah, he's good too. And he, his thing is like, oh, it's like he first gets on the plane. It's like, oh, I'm gonna take an Ambien. Yeah, he's the and irresponsible he just, one. Yes, he's the irresponsible one. Um, so uh, <clears throat> uh, Nick Fury absconds with Peter, and they take off, and they find they 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 go to some secret shield base, uh, where Beck is there. Beck is the uh, uh, Jake G. Um, he has he has been referred to as uh, Mysterio in Italian 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 news, 
which according to MJ just means somebody they don't know the name of. Right. <laughs> I don't know I, if that's actually true or not, but it, it works. It's a good retcon to, for the name yeah. of the villain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so Mysterio is claiming to be from an alternate Earth where uh, his world was destroyed, was destroyed by these big uh, elemental monsters. So Earth, wind, water, fire. Right. Right. So, uh, and apparently Nick Fury and Maria Hill believe him. So, first of all, uh, to spoil a little bit ahead, this was their first mistake. So the MCU mm-hmm. has been pretty reasonably fake pseudoscience based. They should have known that like, oh, if it's elemental based, it's got to be like boron. Or like, <laughs> you know, the, those aren't the elements. These are some fake elements. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it should have been like lead. Exactly terrifying mm-hmm. actually quite poisonous terrifying. lead poisoning yeah um that'd be a bad monster mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't those are those are made up elements those are the elements they thought of before they, we knew about the real elements yeah this is like aristotelian elements yeah that's and that's not how this is going to work and most of hey they, they didn't throw quantum in front of it as we discussed before fair enough, fair yeah. enough. and they so this is the first moment where we get sort of this idea of a multiverse Mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I think I think they might mention it in in a uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange did. But this is the first sort of being from outside of this universe. I guess aside from uh, the, the 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 bad guy from Doctor Strange. Right. But um, so Quentin Beck is c- claiming to be a good guy. He wants to fight these uh, these uh, elementals here to to save to to keep what happened to his world from happening they don't really talk about how he got here or anything like that but no ignore that yeah (laughs) a little hand wavy Um, but he does say you know all all of our scientific signs are pointing to you know the next the next elemental is gonna you know attack you know really soon maybe a couple of days from now in prague Peter's like, oh, great. This is this good fight. Looks like you guys are on our way, but I'm on vacation. I really just want to hang out with MJ, hang out with my friends, be a, be a 16-year-old. Yes. And Nick Fury's like, okay, sure. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're uh, getting into the... I, I really like the, this being the central conflict for Spider-Man because this comes up in the comics a lot where Spider-Man's always juggling the demands of being a, a normal guy so mostly in the comics he's older unless you're talking ultimate spider-man is. yeah there was an, another one where he was younger because even mm-hmm. in the, the original run he's not in high school for very long he immediately goes into that's why he's a reporter he's yeah. supposed to like graduate like i think within the first issue or something like that something like that yeah so this is this is unique that we've had two sort of high school based spider-man Right. Well, th- that I think that was done for the the Ultimate Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. So when they yeah. when they rebooted for the Ultimate Universe, they reset him younger, and they have this whole most of that run is done when he's younger. Yeah. So here though, it's it's the same kind of things where he's got to. This is a character where secret identity is really important because he's got to yeah. juggle his regular life with his superhero life. Yeah, it's kind of the first character within the mcu where a secret identity is essential right to 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 him and uh so fury does give him um a pair of glasses yep 
that uh, that uh, apparently was left to him by uh, Tony Stark, right? The aforementioned, you know, now dead Tony Stark. Right. So, so apparently, um, Peter says, you know, no thanks. I don't want to be part of this sort of Prague thing. And then, you know, they get up the next morning and, oh, hey, look, their, uh, their high school trip has been upgraded. They're going to Prague. Yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. has hijacked their high school trip. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so they get on a bus. They're going from uh, Venice to uh, Prague, which is not that far of a bus drive, actually, when you think about it. Um, oh. European uh, geology or geography. Uh, it's probably only a few hours. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I really like this scene on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than go into all of it, we're just going to talk about it. So um, on the bus and, and during this bus ride, Peter gets caught undressing with a shield agent, right? Yep. Uh, he attempts to kill his rival, this guy named Brad. He didn't want to, but he... Didn't want to, but he only, he tried to yeah. uh, with this... Uh, so... Um, Using so the glasses actually activates the uh, Edith, which is a, a global uh, defense system developed by Tony Stark, with a bunch of satellites involved and drones and missiles and all kinds of all sorts weapons. of weapons. Yeah. yeah, and he punches out Flash Thompson. Yes, all with the bus. Yeah, while so while he's trying to save all of his friends from dying from the drone, while trying to get the, the glasses back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a great scene. So first of all, hey, Tony Stark, don't don't give a kid a global defense system. I know you trust yeah. him. That's a bad mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. This is one of those scenes where you really appreciate how good Tom Holland is as, as Peter Parker, not just Spider-Man. He, and Tom Holland has this uh, background in dancing. And his, his, just, his movements and his uh, cadence and his, just his little slight movements within a, a small space he's talking he's in a he's in a bus chair yeah right um it's just super funny he's really a great comedic actor this is a funny scene um and we haven't had really a big action scene yet we i mean the the scene in venice was was actually over pretty quickly yeah um this is we're, we're setting up this is so much more of a an action comedy or romantic comedy uh you know throughout the film so far yeah we're like halfway through the movie almost or at least a good third i certainly hope so because we're almost 45 minutes into this podcast (laughs) true um (laughs) so they get to Prague. um um i think your point of don't give a global uh defense system to a child is probably a good thing yeah uh, but they get to Prague in the midst of the greatest party of the year, which is fortunate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so high schoolers, big festival of lights stuff. Uh, Peter wants to, so Peter has been roped into the shield, you know, Avengers stuff where he's going to fight the elemental. Uh, but he really wants to protect his friends because he doesn't want his friends to be hurt by this giant uh, fire monster. Very sporting of him. Yeah, great. Um and uh, he and uh, Mysterio are set up to fight this monster. Uh, so his friends go to the opera. Right. Because uh, he needs uh, to keep him inside for several hours. Arranged by his global defense system. Yeah. 
which is the last thing that you want to do if you're a high school kid in Prague. Yeah. Yeah. Probably during the most anywhere. They, yeah. During the best that during the best like outdoor party of the year, you don't want to be going to the opera. Right. But um uh Shield gives uh Peter an all black suit. Uh it's kind of a cool suit. Uh his friends uh, end up blowing off the opera and leaving and, and attending the big party, um, putting themselves all in harm's way, which is, of course, what happened. Yeah, exactly um, what he didn't want to happen. Right, because it wouldn't be, but it also wouldn't be a Spider-Man film if he didn't have to save his friends. Right. It's just the way Spider-Man films have to go. Spider-Man comics, everything related to Spider-Man has to have some sort of friend of his in peril. Right. So, uh, so Ned and Betty are up in the top of a, a Ferris wheel. And they are right next to the uh, action where, where Peter and uh, uh, Mysterio are fighting the big fire monster. Because we're, we're talking about, we've, we've gone through sand, wind, and now water. And, and that what we're doing with now is fire. Right. And fire is right. apparently the worst of the all. Right. The one that ended my world. Yeah, the one that ended my world, according to Jake G. That killed my family. Killed my family. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a very handsome man, though. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, Ned calls him, Ned uh, calls Spider-Man uh, Night Monkey, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because um, he's trying to explain to Betty, who thinks it's, is that Spider-Man? And uh, Ned doesn't want to give away that. Yeah. The, that, that spider-man's there so he's yeah. like no no because that's, that's, because that's ned to this point other than other than may and happy are the only people alive that know that peter is spider-man right um so uh this is actually a pretty good action scene in the dark which is hard to do we've talked about this before yeah uh it helps that the, like you pointed this out it helps that the actions that the, the the setup is this is the Prague festival of lights i have no idea if there is a Prague festival of lights or not it doesn't matter it's good light, um, good good writing to allow for a good action scene. Yeah, because so often, like a lot of things that happen in the dark aren't really. It's it's a cheaper way, to, I think, to do CGI stuff because mm-hmm. you don't have to light everything up. But uh, this is a good scene. Yeah, uh, they defeat. So he and he and uh, so uh, P- Peter, Peter and uh, Mysterio defeat the uh, the the fire monster. And yeah. right after yeah. that, the next scene is uh you know beck is like hey let's go have a drink right yeah and uh during this sort of you know you know male bonding moment uh peter decides that you know i'm 16 i shouldn't have this global defense system which is very mature of him very mature of him so you know he gives his glasses to uh beck and basically turns over Tony Stark's global defense system, satellites and all, to Mysterio. Right. Which, is this a good idea? It's a bad idea, it turns out. Huh. Because after Peter leaves, we, we get this, you know, total turn from, from Jake G that he's this big jerk. Uh, it turns out, um, and we'll get to this movie later, but it turns out Jake G was the creator of this uh, artificial intelligence, or not artificial intelligence, but this uh, uh, 
It's like a uh, virtual reality system. Virtual reality system that was uh, in the F Captain America Civil War that Tony uses uh, in a scene. And he calls it BARF. Right. And so Mysterio has got this team of bad guys that have all been wronged by Tony Stark in some way. Right. They all hate him. And so they've all determined to be evil geniuses and they're all going to help Mysterio be bad. Right. So I got to say, right until the heel turn, I totally bought in. I was like, oh, wow, great. They defeated mm -hmm. it. I'm like, this seems good. And uh, yeah. I, I didn't see it coming at all. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's how they wanted it to be, right? So, the, so there's been just enough sort of characters in the MCU that have been good or bad in the comics, but then good in the MCU. There's been just enough that, or vice versa. Um, Mysterio does, this is the total, the mustache, the mustache twirling moment for, for Mysterio, where he kind of, he even, I mean, he basically laid, lays bare his entire plan, right? Right. In this little uh, uh, scene here in this bar um, with, uh, with his team. Um, and the, basically the motivation is we hate Tony Stark. Pretty much. Yeah. They, they do a good job of retconning a whole bunch of the MCU for this moment. So you, I thought they, it was clever. Yeah. It was they CGI like Jake Gyllenhaal back into civil war. Uh-huh. If they, they go all the way back to Iron Man one Yep. with one of the characters, that's the uh, same actor, right? Like they actually did use the same I guy. I think they did use the same actor. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Stark made this in a cave. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so, so there's lots of bad guys uh, that are working with Mysterio. They're all working to create these monsters and none of it's real. It's all, it's all dangerous, but it's not, you know, a, a threat outside of the room. Right. Basically. Yeah. And, and um, here you actually get to see the, the, the reveal of like, this is the modern version of the Mysterio powers. So yes. Mysterio in the comics, leave as a magician. Yes. And somehow gets illusion powers. And I don't actually think that's ever explained. It's not like he got magic illusion powers. Somehow he can make you see whatever. Yeah. It's just a magician. Exactly. And it's not like the magician level sort of, he's not as powerful as Dr. Strange and he's not as powerful as Wanda or any of these no. other characters that have magic powers. He can just make you see illusions. Right. And that's kind of the extent of them. Like he can't use his powers to kill people. No. Right. You, you just see, can't, it's always, you see something and it's actually not that it's something else. Right. It's uh, it does, it does sort of affect like three or four senses. Like, you know, cause you, you can see things, you can hear things, you can smell things. I don't know that you can ever feel them. No, that, I yeah. think that's always supposed to be really clear in the comics that that's, right. he can't do that. Right. So, um, so clearly here, Peter and Nick Fury have given too much trust in this douchebag. Yep. Uh, how many people hate Tony Stark? So many. God. Yeah, that's like the, the basis for Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, and Iron Man 3. And now, suddenly, Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man 1. Oh, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> and I mean, we, we got to go Age of Ultron here too, right? Yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron. So that's like, that's like seven movies, six movies, something like that. 
So really a lot of conflict could have been avoided if Tony Stark had sensitivity training at any yeah. point in time. Yeah, don't call the thing barf because he made a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So this is a good argument, and you point this out. This is a good argument for at least for making your CEOs go through compliance training as well. Yeah. It shouldn't just be, you know, your new hires and then everybody doing it annually. Your, your CEOs have to go through compliance training. They have to take their sexual harassment training. Uh-huh. You've got to do your you got to do your fraud, waste, and abuse stuff. You've got to do all these sort of uh, yearly trainings. There's a reason for it. Yeah, don't make super villains. Yeah. So uh, do we think, so, you know, getting back to this plan. So the plan is that Mysterio and his group of villains are trying to gain power so they can be part of the Avengers, right? right. They, yeah. He wants to yeah. be a hero. Yeah, he's going to be a fake hero. Yeah. Is this a good plan? Well, this is a terrible plan. What does he want this for? Uh, I got the feeling he wants it for power. As, as yeah. written, he talks about how like, you can be the smartest person in the room, but they won't, no one cares unless you have a cape and you can fly around. So yeah. it's this. So he's got a cape and he can fly around now. Right. It's the notion that in this post Avengers world, the most important thing you could be is not actually a celebrity, but a superhero. So he wants. Mm-hmm. So he is making himself to be a fake superhero and everyone else yeah. is going along with this. Yeah. This, is, so, this mean, isn't even for money. This is not for like... <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we've had this discussion offline a little bit. Both of these Spider-Man movies are really good. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can kind of flip a coin to see which one's better. Um, I think what makes the other one better is just is kind of this part of it. Like, right. what the hell is he doing? Yeah, this guy, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense once you sort of, if you scratch at it just a little bit, it sort of falls away. Right. I think at the time I really enjoyed it because I didn't see the twist coming. It is really enjoyable. And it is, I I think, you know, I mean, we've had a couple of discussions. Should we flip flop this and Ant-Man and the Wasp? You know, this might be the natural landing point for Captain America, First Avenger, which we've talked about that we clearly underrated. Yes. Um, but it's it's a good movie. It's a yeah, really good yeah. movie, um, and it is. I think it's it's definitely the entry into the MCU of the rom com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, right. um, so uh, yeah. Back to our action. So, uh, next scene we get is uh, you know Peter and MJ have a moment. Yeah, and you know Peter thinks it's going to be you know the moment that he you know oh, I'm going to give her this necklace. I'm going to tell her how I feel. And she reveals that she knows he's Spider-Man. Yeah. And to further complicate things, she collected, so she was nearby when Spider-Man was fighting the, uh, the big fire monster. And she found a, a, a piece of debris, which is basically a camera uh, that turns out was part of the technology that Mysterio was using to create this illusion was a part of a drone it sort of shows them part of the uh image that was being you know projected and so at this point peter realizes oh shit mysterio is a fraud right yeah this is when our heroes reveal what the audience has just found out about about 10 minutes ago yeah so mysterio is a fraud uh Nick Fury and Spider-Man are idiots. 
Um, so we know from a previous scene that uh, Mysterio has been invited to Berlin to take part in this, I don't know, hero summit or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> that part never made sense to me, actually. I think it was mostly just to say, okay, we need to, we need to go to Berlin now. Right. So, so Spider-Man heads to Berlin to warn Fury because I think at this point uh, he's worried that you know Fury is going to get killed. Um, he's met there with this uh, Mysterio illusion. This is actually a pretty cool scene in this like abandoned building, um, and he uh, Spider-Man is fooled into uh, giving up everything that he knows about uh, who he gave who he gave like because. Mysterio knows that Spider-Man knows at this right. point. Um, so he gives up all of his sort of the information that he has. So he basically tells Mysterio that he told Ned and um, MJ about Mysterio and all this stuff. And uh, Peter gets hit by a train. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the illusion tech, right? He doesn't realize. Yes, because of, yes. He doesn't realize that... Uh, until the very end that Mysterio is uh, uh, fooling him. Right. So th this scene is definitely terrifying because the illusion tech is making Spider-Man think he's just, like completely in the dark. He doesn't, he can't trust anything around him. He punches something. It ends up being a, a cement wall. So he's, yeah. everything he does ends up hurting himself because he can't right. see the ground and he's just in a dangerous area and then right. ultimately gets hit by the train because he doesn't realize yeah. it's there. Yeah. So, uh, Spider-Man ends up in the uh, Netherlands. Hmm. It's quite a train. Uh, yeah. At that point, he uh, he's able to call Happy and they figure out they, that um, uh, that they need to go to London to save everybody. Right. Um, this is one of those classic scenes that going back to the illusion scene uh, of the hero unable to defeat the villain, right? Yeah. The, the villain's got all the answers for the hero. And then if the hero is going to overcome that, he's got to come up with some different strategy to fight the thing. Right. So it's, it's why, for example, um, if we go back to Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, the third movie, he fights Bane, Batman fights Bane, gets his ass kicked. Right. Right. He comes back later in the movie, fights Bane, in the same way that he fights Bane before, <laughs> he just happens to win this time. Yeah, There's no, yeah. like, he doesn't learn anything new. He doesn't gain anything new. It's one of the reasons why that movie sort of falls a little short of, like, right. um, uh, the highest level, like, that they, that, that they did with uh, The Dark Knight. Right. Uh, because, because there's nothing that the hero really overcomes right. in that movie right. other than, okay, he overcame a broken back, but he didn't learn anything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and the, at Bane the same way. <laughs> if we go back to the Dark Knight, like he does have to compromise there to defeat the villain. He has to. He basically violates everyone's privacy and uses this yes. Wayne tech that uh, makes every. He overcomes his morals. He overcomes right. his morals. Yeah. Yeah. He he does. He has to cross a different line in order to defeat the villain. And uh, yeah, the that's Red, where we the, are here. The Red Sox are up three, but what? By the way, right now. Oh my god. Eight to five. Um, as we talk. So uh, yeah. So. I, I, I really, they, they learn how to do this here. So like, right. you know, you have the, the hero seems to be unable to beat this guy. He's got to figure out a new way to do it. 
Right. Because I think the advantage that you see for Spider-Man, at least what we learned from the first movie, is that uh, he's, he's, he's able to defeat his villains who seem more physically capable than him using yeah. you know, his agility and his, his different abilities. Uh, the, the scene here just shows that his, physically, he's not going to be able to beat Mysterio. Yeah. So, uh, um, on the way to, uh, so, on the way to London, he creates a new suit within the back of the plane, Happy's plane. Right. Uh, there's a, there's a funny gag that, uh, you know, Happy starts to play ACDC, which is kind of, uh, Tony Stark's soundtrack. And, uh, you know, Peter yells back, I love Led Zeppelin. Classic. Classic Peter Parker joke where they they always use his Zoomer-ness yes. uh, for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, he creates a new suit in the back of this, the back of the plane. Uh, they're going to London. They found London because Flash Thompson has been posting on uh, some social media site. Yeah, um, looks like Instagram or something. Something like that. And uh, Mysterio has created this even bigger monster to, to destroy the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Tower Bridge in London. Right. <laughs> Not to be confused with the London Bridge, hmm. which is different. There are lots of... So the Thames is a really big river in London, hmm. and there are lots of bridges. London Bridge, which is the one that falls down in the nursery rhyme, is not the one that everybody thinks of when you think of the, the nice bridge in London, because it's got the Tower of London in on the Tower Bridge. That's the Tower Bridge. Right. right. So uh, if you go, if you ever go to London, kids, don't tell the cab to take you to the, the London Bridge. You want to go to the Tower Bridge. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, now I know. Uh, Peter defeats all the drones. It's this big action scene. Uh, the kids and Happy are are chased by drones. Um, big, huge fight scene that Mysterio basically reveals to the world that it was all drones um, because Peter is able to destroy some of the drones. Uh, he eventually wins using his tingle. So we, we they talk about his tingle earlier. Right in right. in the movie between like May and Happy talk about it. Um, this doesn't occur in the first Spider-Man movie. We his, don't talk about yeah. his tingle. Right. So this right. is the classic Spidey sense, right? It's kind of like a precognition power that Spider-Man has, right. where right. if something's dangerous, he feels it before it happens, so he can react to it. Um, this is uh, they call it a tingle here, which is funny. Um. And he is able to use this kind of sort of uh, sixth sense, if you will, to know what's an illusion and what's not an illusion to defeat uh, Mysterio here at the yeah. end. So back to the Peter Tingle. Yes. Did they ever explain why he loses it in the beginning? It's mentioned that he doesn't have it. Well, it, he, he mentions to May that he's having trouble with it. So at this point, the only time we've actually seen the uh, the Peter Tingle, and we assume that it's a Peter Tingle, is in Infinity War. Right. He's on the bus, and the hairs stand up on his arm, 
when the uh, when the big spaceship enters the uh, Earth's atmosphere, and he's able to sort of escape the bus and go be Spider-Man. Um, so that's that's where we assume like, oh, okay, okay, that's the that's the standard Spidey sense or Peter Tingle, right? Uh, that they talk about. Uh, but he does say that it's not working. But I think I think it's just one of those where it's just like he's got to trust it, right. right? Right. And that's kind of what happens here. My only thought was that you know there's this thread throughout the movie where P- Peter's feeling a lot of pressure to be the next Iron Man. Everyone wants to look for the next Iron Man, and yeah. uh, his senses do come back uh, mm-hmm. once he's talking with Happy, and Happy sort of says to him, "Don't try to be the next Iron Man. Just try to be the best Peter Parker." You. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this is a little, and what's interesting is that they don't make it like really explicit because that's why mm-hmm. I'm asking this question. I do think that's what we're supposed to get out of it. Yeah, I think that's right. It's like he has to believe in himself. Right. Right. And that's the, uh, that's a standard problem that you have with any 16 year old. Yeah. Um, to believe in himself. So, uh, so yeah, so he wins. He uh, defeats uh Mysterio saves the saves the world, you know, saves his friends. Uh, the film ends with uh, Peter swinging a terrified MJ through the streets of New York. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is great because it's it's a real human. How an actual regular person would feel if they're swinging with Spider Man. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't you know Lois Lane getting flown in the original Superman. This wasn't even Kirsten Dunst uh, swinging with uh, Spider Man in the Tobey Maguire movies. Uh, this was a terror that I wouldn't be surprised if we never see Zendaya, uh, you know, get, swing around again. This yeah, is terror. She says that at the end, like, well, let's yeah, never, never do that again. Yeah. Um, uh, Mid credits. So, so the ending movie, the end of the movie. This is this last drone scene was really cool. It was epic. There's lots of stuff to it. Describing it, you guys should watch it. Yeah, just watch it. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Mid credits. Uh, we get this uh, uh, Spider Man, Peter Parker. Yeah. It's a news report. His uh, identity is revealed to the world by uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Right. So now all of a sudden it's not the head of the Daily. It's like it's a website, right? The Daily Bugle. Yeah, the daily Bugle.com or dot net. No, yeah. it's dot net. They didn't get a dot yeah. com. There's a dot net. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you not pay as much for a .NET? I don't know what a .NET. Well, it's it's just a different top level domain. So if you were unable to get the .com, you might look for the .NET to see if that's still available, and then you gotcha. get it. So it just shows you're you're one step down. Yeah, this is this is like uh, tabloid level. I think exactly is what we probably would say about it. Um. So this is the first. So obviously, dun dun dun. You know, his secret identity is revealed to the world. Um, but this is also the first real link to the, 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 the Sony universe, right? Right. Which, uh, so it's the same J. Jonah Jameson that, that was, uh, from the Tobey Maguire, uh, Spider-Man movies, uh, awesomely played by J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, ha- have you seen the amazing Spider-Man movies, the two of those? I, I saw the first one. Okay. I did too. I don't remember it. Was there a, even a J. Jonah Jameson I, in that I, film? I think it was still J.K. Simmons. You think it was still that? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. But this is clearly a link to that previous uh, right. to the previous universe. 
Um, then we get our post credit scene. We find that Nick Fury and Maria Hill this entire time have been scrolls. It's been Talos and whoever. Right. Talos' uh, wife, I believe. Okay. Because we, we saw her in the spaceship in uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, right. So, uh, and then and then Fury is actually on a space station. Yeah. Pretending to be on a beach, uh, uh, like uh, in a virtual reality kind of thing. Uh, he's on a space station, like a scroll space station. Uh, so could this be the beginning of S.W.O.R.D.? Could this be, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. And I think to this day, we still don't know. So we know that S.W.O.R.D. is something different because of WandaVision. And S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. So in the comics, S.W.O.R.D. would be in space. It's like this mm-hmm. uh, entity that's out there to protect Earth from alien invasion. But S.W.O.R.D. Right. is special weapons and yeah. acronym thing. I don't know what they're going to make it be in the MCU. And Yeah, so but he's in space. Does that explain why Thor's off-world or... But we saw Thor leave with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Endgame. And yeah. pl- plus, we also have that line about Captain America being on the moon. So I wonder if this is connected. That's true. That's that's you know callback to uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where we get that. Yeah. So there's a lot of possibilities for experience yeah. space. I think you know there's been lots of we've already had what four TV shows and. Uh, three phase four movies mm-hmm. and i think we have more questions than answers to this point as to what's going on yeah they better not just leave these dangling just like they did yeah. in guardians of the galaxy 2 with the uh, adam warlock like we still don't know what happens there yeah well there is supposed to be a guardians of the galaxy 3 so presumably that will be answered but we don't know yeah um so yeah so that's the movie final thoughts let's go let's go let's go i love tom holland and zendaya yep they're great this is a this is a rom com, and it's really the the love story between the two of them. I think this is part um, of the reason why sometimes this movie's my favorite over the first one, because mm-hmm. with amazing restraint, they had Zendaya in the first movie, and they don't have her in for very much. She just exists in the movie. They underutilize her in that movie, certainly. Right, uh, probably intentionally, so that they could set up this. Certainly, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Um, you throw in uh, the aforementioned Ned Jacob Adelon and his chemistry and the humor between uh, the three of them is just terrific. Yeah. Um, this is MCU's first rom-coms, uh, both this one. And the first one is probably a rom-com too, maybe more of like a teen comedy. Yeah, he's, and I don't remember the romantic interest in the first one, but he's it trying to get the same, bit, yeah. yeah, the other girl. And that, that um, one ends a little different. That's, that's less upbeat because of the, the twist that, that sure. happens with, yeah. with her father. Yeah, but this is a full-on classic rom-com. Yeah. It's got it's got your inclusion of a super handsome jerk. We have Brad, mm-hmm. who's maybe the only Asian person ever named Brad. <laughs> Quite possibly. Not, Quite not possibly. A- not a lot of Brad, you know, yeah. Um, we've got all of these obstacles for our for our couple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it happens to be the fact that you know one of the characters is a superhero. Right. And that's, that's like the downturn, right? Like when he thinks that she's only looking at him because she thought he was Spider-Man. Yes. And you get this sort of, oh my gosh, you know, my love is really just, she's just, you know, and we've had this in a couple of um, superhero movies. We get this uh, in the original Tobey Maguire uh, 
ones. We get this in the original Superman trilogy as well. But like the idea that the the love interest is in love with the hero, not the person with the secret identity. Right. She doesn't love the whole character. She just loves the hero. Right. So that was kind of like a worry there. But it turns out, you know, she loves Peter. Right. Um, and and Peter is really confused most of the film about whether or not MJ is into him or not. Yeah. And I, I think that's great. Like the they really capture those teenage emotions really well. And it's it's written in a way to make, I will say for probably an older audience, but I think even a younger audience can get that these kids are being awkward, right? They get, yeah. the, they get the humor there, even though mm-hmm. they might be younger themselves seeing this. Sure. And Tom Holland does awkward, terrific. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, you know, Zendaya's got a perfect deadpan sarcasm. Her character, people talk about the difference between the, the comics and uh, MCU. I really like the twist they go with this version of MJ. It's a very different mm-hmm. character, but just funny. Great. Yeah. I think, you know, if you go back to Kirsten Dunst in the first trilogy of Spider-Man movies, she is, she's not really MJ. She's more, much more like character driven. She's more like Gwen Stacy from the comics. Right. Uh, because MJ from the comics, Mary Jane, is like an extrovert. She is, mm-hmm. she's an actress. She is, she is the girl that you kind of you lust after, but you never even are able to get her phone number or her name or like the time of day from her. Right. Um, she is the classic. She fell in love with Spider Man first, and then grew to love Peter. It was like that kind of dichotomy. Um, yeah, it's they changed it for that, the movie. Yeah, yeah, they changed it for the movie, and this is a completely different than all than either Gwen Stacy or MJ. This is this is this is a unique character, and I and I agree with you. I like it too. Yeah. So all of those haters out there, first of all, like whenever they change things, um, people don't seem to object too much, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. unless it's like you know the character's race or sometimes the the gender. I'm like, you know, they've changed quite a bit for the MCU mm-hmm. as it is and no yeah. one complains about those things so I yeah. feel it's a different universe let's just accept that yeah and this one they change all of it and it's great yeah you know makes it better because we've seen it we've seen yeah. it we've seen it let's there's something different I think we've um, seen I really it. appreciate that those versions exist still if you really like the, those comic book versions those didn't go away they didn't destroy yeah. all those copies to make the movie yeah and if you like if you like the Tobey Maguire films those are good films those we'll are really good well yeah that Um, one doesn't count that never happened the third one didn't count uh but you know they're not bad i mean i'm not a huge fan of Tommy wire as spider-man but those are good films the action's terrific Mm -hmm. uh the villains are really good uh i think kirsten dunce is really good yeah but uh yeah for the longest time that second spider-man movie was probably that was the best superhero movie for a really long time that held the banner for quite a Quite at least time. the dark till at least the dark night came out maybe yeah yeah so it was it's like almost a decade yeah pretty good yeah um okay so the one the one sort of and, and we've kind of alluded to this the, the one problem with this movie is the villain and the motivation of the villains mm-hmm. um when are we gonna get a, a non-iron man created villain for spider-man i think this time this new movie coming out uh, this year. We hope so. It looks like so. it. Yeah, we'll see. We don't even know who the villain is yet. It better not be a Tony Stark 
motivated. I, I hate Tony Stark. And that's um, why I'm destroying the multiverse. That seems bad. Yeah, that seems bad. So, uh, you know, Vulture was an arms dealer that was kind of did that because Tony Stark was was a jerk. Uh, yeah. Mysterio yeah. is a jerk because of Stark. Um, uh, you know, we have talked about this before. Tony Stark should be in jail, mm-hmm. prison, because he's a war criminal. 100%. Uh, yeah. But so he's created supervillains in Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Spider-Man 1 and 2. Uh, he is the villain in, in Spider-Man, uh, Captain America Civil War. Yes. Um, it's probably a good thing that he's dead. Oh, harsh. Ooh. Hot take? That, that might be a hot take. Hot take? Because uh, he's also, I mean, let's face it, had he been around when Me Too happened, uh, he's not going to survive that. That's true. That's 100% true. 100% true. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I think that uh, it's best that we move forward without, without Tony Stark. Yeah. I think so. I agree. So these villains, the, yeah. the villains that rally ar- around Quentin Beck, I can understand his motivation. He hates Tony Stark, right? Yeah. What I, the thing that's a little weird is that they all support him to keep up this, like he needs a whole team to keep up this illusion. Basically right. a whole company. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's kind of strains, strains believability to me. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just start their own company? Yeah, they have a lot of great talent there. Yeah. Like Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2 starts his own company. So that you know, at least that makes Iron sense. Man three, Iron Man three, uh, Aldrich Killian starts his own company. True, didn't I mean they were doing evil things, but it wasn't just like their motivation wasn't just evil. Right. Their motivation was money, right, and power and stuff like that. But this guy is just evil. Well, it's almost worse. So if you're a flunky working for Quentin Beck, you're not mm-hmm. dreaming of getting rich. You're dreaming of like I'm going to make it look like that guy's a superhero. Yeah. That's that's not the best plan if you're a low level no. flunky to Quentin Beck. I Quentin, agree. Quentin Beck Tech. Don't do that. Yeah. Quentin Beck Tech. Uh, that would have been a great company name. Hey, there you go. Beck Tech. But yeah. Um it, this is your this is a good idea of yours. Uh Stark shouldn't have given Edith to Spider-Man. Yeah. That that was a bad idea to start with. Um okay, so several things. Number 1, don't give it to a kid. Number two, don't have a system that you just put the sunglasses on and then you can control all of it. We need some checks and balances. Even some of these other things, you see two keys, you turn yeah. two keys. Yeah. Edith doesn't have that. No. Edith was just like, put the glasses on and say, hey, this random guy over here that you know, watched my you know, lunch while I went to the bathroom, he's now in control of the, this global defense system. Yeah. Or you could even make... It could even understand you incorrectly, which it does on the bus, and then yes. execute a kill order. Yeah. You might want to have at least, if it's a kill order, say it three times. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing. This is, you know, it's post-Infinity War. He's, he's done his will and everything like that. He had the very sweet moment, you know, with the sort of the video will with his daughter Love You 3000, it was all beautiful. He could have given Edith to Pepper. 
<laughs> right? Actually, it makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. Happy? Mm, also makes sense. A lot more sense, right? Uh, Steve? Yep, because he doesn't know that Are Steve's this? not going to be around. He doesn't need Steve doesn't know Steve's not around. Mm-hmm. Uh, T'Challa? Maybe? T'Challa's... I mean, by the time they get into the fight, T'Challa okay. has been flipped away. But Twins. same... Same for uh, Spider-Man, though. So he must have written this when he was gone. He doesn't know that Spider-Man's coming back. Yeah. Bruce? He's like friends with Bruce. Bruce would have been a good candidate, actually. Yeah. So a lot of of better choices. Much better than the guy that you don't even know you're going to be able to get back. (laughs) These are all excellent points. Right? It's not like he got a chance to, oh, I'm going to change my will in the middle of this big battle because I know I'm going to win now. He literally snapped his fingers and died like 30 seconds later. It didn't have a chance to amend his will to give it to all the Spider-Man. Now, maybe that actually happened in a scene that we didn't see. Like during the fight, he's like, oh, <laughs> hey, uh, Monday, uh, go ahead, change my will right now. Those, that uh-huh. defense system, go, go get that laser etched, make it for Peter Parker. Okay, good. Yeah. And it also doesn't make sense because the Nick Fury was, was snapped away. That True. Nick Fury would be the one because he didn't even get a chance to see Stark again. How did he right. get that? Hmm. A lot of holes here. A lot of holes. A lot of holes. Um, you know, maybe we should just have a whole podcast where we just trash Tony Stark. Yeah. Because, you know, he wanted to stop producing weapons in Iron Man 1. Right. Right. That was the whole stated plot. goal. Mm-hmm. Stated goal. And then he just spent the rest of the MCU like creating killing machines all over the place. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. We've talked about Age of Ultron. That that's a should be in jail. Mm-hmm. But like he built War Machine for, for his friend Rhodey. Mm-hmm. He built all these suits for himself that like have missiles and weapons and all kinds of stuff on them, right? Yeah. Um, Somehow it's built, not a killing machine if it doesn't have bullets. But Repulsor Ray, totally fine. They've got they've got missiles true like it doesn't it's just not a gun yeah right it's just there are way other ways to kill somebody it could have had knives in it but and and war machines got like a freaking like gun on it yeah um he built all of spider-man suits and we found out from like both in in like uh end game as well as in uh um uh the first spider-man movie it's got like an instant kill order on his uh suit that where the spider things come out and start stabbing people yeah probably not the best idea gave that to a 15 year old so yeah i, I think his his definition of a, a weapon is pretty loose tony stark huge hypocrite yeah not only should he it's a good thing that he's dead he was a hypocrite 100 so we've talked about our, our re-watching a little yeah. bit and, you know, we, we ranked a lot of this. Most of it was just me writing down stuff and you kind of went with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is a good movie. I, yeah. I do think Ant-Man and the Wasp is actually a bit tighter. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's, uh, it's also, also rewatchable. This might have been better in the theater maybe. When I first just saw it, I, it, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's got the, the two big scenes from this film, both at the um, in Venice... And then over the Tower Bridge here in London, and those two big scenes, I think were better on the big screen than anything from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, Ant-Man and the Wasp as an action comedy was, was better than this. Yeah. So, hey, we make mistakes, guys. 
Yeah, that happens. Believe it or not. We're trying here. We're trying here. Also, also, this is probably the ideal spot for the first uh, Captain America movie, which we did like seven weeks ago now. Yeah, I can't that even movie, remember how long. That movie is really good. That when movie's we, better than that movie's probably better than this one. Yeah, that, that uh, was really tight. <laughs> so uh, and we've kind of alluded to this. Is this is this a situation where um, Spider-Man Homecoming is your fit is better than this, or is it just your favorite? Yeah, you that, a, that movie's definitely better. I think yeah, this I one think I, I like a bit mm-hmm. more at times because again, you get the the Zendaya uh, parts with Tom Holland are really good. And you don't you just don't get to get that in the first movie. Well, and and the first movie is like this kind of wacky teen comedy. This one is is full on sort of teen rom-com. Right. And it's unique, right? Like when we've talked about some of these MCU films, we talk, you know, eventually when we get to Winter Soldier, we'll talk about it as being this spy film. Same thing similarly with uh, with uh, with Black Widow. You know, Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man is a heist. It's just a heist film, right? Uh, you know, we have some movies like like Captain America, First Avenger is really a war film. Right. It's not even really a superhero movie. Um, and this one is is uniquely a rom-com. And it's to be able to sort of weave the sort of the the idea of of a superhero within the with sort of the, the framework of being just a romantic comedy. It's really well done. Yeah. And unique. And it's it's clever. Yeah. But I do think that. Um, mostly because the villain in Spider-Man 1 uh, or Homecoming is so much better than this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to bump that one up. And that goes into our top... We have like nine films that are in our top five. Yeah, as, as one does. As one does. So that's definitely in that top five. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, this villain's superpower is just being smarmy. That was the thing when I... My wife pointed out, she's just like, Jake, he's just squirmy in that whole movie. That's all he's got going for him. Yeah. He manages to convince all of these people to do this stuff for him. Yeah. And that's, that's, that is quite a power. That's it his... is quite a power. He's not quite like a cult leader. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's also not clear that he, he, he may have fathered children from the people that work for him. Very possible. I, and again, comparing villains, the Michael Keaton vulture, there's this pretty cool blue collar vibe to their their whole racket. And like, yeah. you, really, you really get it. Like, certainly Tony Stark's uh, deal screws over his little company at the beginning. Uh, he's also mad at, as he should be, at the government because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, he's screwed. Like, he's yeah. got out screwed for no good reason. And, you know, th- we hear about things like this happening all the time. Like the, the small, the little guy gets stepped on. Yeah. And it's clear that's, I, I do like that motivation. And we'll talk about that certainly more when we do uh, Homecoming. But just, he's somebody that you could relate to. Like, you can see, it's, it's the same reason somebody like um, Walter White from Breaking Bad is a, is a realistic character. It's like, you can see a, a person put into a desperate situation could do something bad because for altruistic reasons, right? right? Like he becomes a bad guy for his family. He becomes a bad guy to, to make money because he doesn't have health insurance or something like that. Yeah. You can see the motivation for it. This is just, you can't really see Mysterio's motivation. here. Yeah, it's a little, a little hard to think. It's weak. So um, uh, El- Elliot's response, my son Elliot, 
-hmm. says, uh, ultimately a good movie because doesn't everyone like Spider-Man? That's, hey, that's a great review. It is because, and honestly, we probably could have, we've been talking for like an hour and 45 minutes. It's probably what we should have just been doing. Yeah. Uh, Everybody (laughs) likes Spider-Man. There you go. Uh, Geneva has this movie in a three-way tie for best Marvel movies, probably four-way because I think Geneva forgot that there's two Spider-Man movies. Also with Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy and the Ant-Man movies. Okay. Six-way tie. Yeah, six-way tie. Yeah. Uh, Jillian, when I asked about this movie, said, the guy that plays Mysterio doesn't shower. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, apparently in an interview, said something like, oh yeah, showering, that's overrated. Apparently he was actually just joking because the internet made it a big deal and tried to speculate on the amount of times that Jake Gyllenhaal showered. And, yeah, uh, had, this past summer 2021 will be known as the, the time when every celebrity was, was interviewed. Yes, and and said that they don't shower or wash their hair or bathe their kids or something like that. You know, just several of them came out and did that, and then everybody went mad. And I think there was probably one couple that probably did that, and then everybody was just like, "Wouldn't that be funny if I said that too?" Yeah, that's apparently what Jake Gyllenhaal did here. Yeah. Anyhow, that's that was then disproven. (laughs) Yeah. On further review. Upon further review. So, right. uh, yeah, so that's it. So that's where we're at. Uh, next week. Is, does anybody want to know what we're doing next week? I want to know what we're doing next week. What are we doing next week? I'm looking it up right now. Next week is going to be the first installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Uh, All right. Series. So, so anyway, so yes, until next time. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Michael. <laughs>